0: Welcome to the Top Business Leaders podcast. You'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more and to download our show notes, go to topbusinessleaders.com. let's welcome today's guest, Joanna Martinez. Welcome.
1: Hello, Dan.
0: Thanks for joining us today. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Um, Well, Dan, I'm an engineer and I went to school at a time when just by walking in the room, I was causing a level of disruption. (laughs) I, I moved from a high school where the girls outnumbered the boys nine to one to an engineering school where the men outnumbered the women 90 to one. Mm. So um, I sort of uh, was a sort of a reluctant disruptor for a very long time. And uh, engineering school teaches you how to think. So I made a career uh, in businesses that had a burning platform to make change. Right. I never got the opportunity to work for fat margin businesses where it was just growing and growing um, I instead spent my time on the very low bar- margin businesses where there was a lot of competition and a lot of a really a need to go in there and figure out how to do things differently and how to be creative in order to keep the business alive.
0: We have similar backgrounds. Uh, I, I did PR for a lot of uh, startup software companies back in the early days, and they had very limited budgets. So. There's something we have in common. With companies that have limited amount of budget, you have to be very creative and, as you say, disrupt, whereas the people on the other side of uh, our PR firm represented Sony, and they had more money than you can imagine. So it was, uh, you really could see the difference between the haves and the have-nots. So I'm a big believer in guerrilla marketing, and you're a big believer in disruptive uh, technologies and marketing. Uh, what is the name of your book? I know it has something to do with disruption as well.
1: Yes, it's called a Guide to Positive Disruption, and it's about how you can um, make your way through the chaos that happens in the business world and the disruption that happens to you to actually become a disruptor and make a positive change at the companies for which you work.
0: Fantastic. We'll talk more about the content of the book later, but let's talk about why you decided to write a book in the first place.
1: Well, first of all, I was disrupted myself Mm -hmm. because the company I worked for was purchased in a hostile takeover. And, you know, you can look upon that as something that just kills you because you're at the end of the career, uh, your career, who's going to hire you? Uh, You know, you worry about your age, you worry about everything else. Uh, And I came to realize that I got a gift that being displaced at that point in my career where my children were grown, the mortgage was paid off, I had an opportunity handed to me to let that disruption allow me to kind of disrupt the status quo. I knew I could find another firm that would hire me and I could follow the same model that I had followed for my entire career in terms of how I could fix things and make things better and um, you know, come up with some tangible improvements. But I thought, huh well, I'm in this situation now. Let me see what I can do different. So I decided that I was going to um, write a book. Um, The other reason for the book is that I spoke for a long time at professional conferences. And the reason I did that is that working for businesses that were in trouble and had no money, training is one of the first things to go. And the only way to keep myself relevant was to understand what was going on in the outside world. What were the the trends? What were the sorts of things? Yet I always seemed to work for a business that didn't have the money to send me to trading. So I would trade off. And I would go to a conference and say, hey, I'll talk about this. I know a little bit about this subject. Or I don't know anything, but I'll learn well enough to be able to speak by the time your conference comes. And I would trade um, me speaking for them, giving me, um, you know, covering my expenses and things like that, so I could go to uh, the, you know, the CFOs of the companies I work for with this proposition, and they would always agree and allow me to go. So I had this body of work that I had been speaking about for years, and I kept feeling on the inside that there was a book in there that that I really wanted to string it all together instead of just a half an hour here and 20 minutes there and 45 minutes there. I wanted to take all of these ideas that I had been throwing out and put it together in a common theme. So partially it was because I do a lot of coaching for people and partially it was for me. I wanted to say, this is it. This is me. This is what I know. This is what I do. And this is how I've made it."
0: I'm taking notes here, so give me a second. Sure. Cool, great. And how did the book help your business? Well, the book
1: has been an interesting calling card. People pay attention when they see the book. Now, it is true that there are a lot of people out there who are best selling authors, right? And so I see it a lot that there are plenty of us but it still is a differentiator. The subset of speakers and consultants out there who have books are, is a lot smaller than the total, the total group. So it's a way to be a differentiator and, and to set yourself apart. Also, quite honestly, occasionally I'll get approached by a, a small company, a company that is in trouble that will say, well, we can't pay you. What, you know, what can we do? And sometimes instead of getting my typical speaker fee, I might uh, do uh, make an agreement that they'll buy a certain number of copies of the book and then pay me less. And oftentimes, sometimes with a professional organization in particular, they can get a sponsor to purchase the books uh, and that kind of thing. So it's been a nice way to generate some revenue in situations where I would like to do the job, but but it's it's uh, they're offering a lot less than I I typically would be looking for.
0: Mm-hmm. Great idea. Uh, do you use the book proactively in marketing to find new clients?
1: Uh, I do. I do. So I have uh, copies, actually, as I'm talking to you. I'm looking at copies on the, on the shelf right by me. And um, I will send a note and send one to a prospective client, typically not out of the blue. Typically, it would be someone that I've had at least an email conversation with so they can get a chance to um, uh, you know, kind of know a little bit more about what I'm talking about. I have gotten a lot of unsolicited calls from people about the book. So when I did it, I was really focused more on actually getting it done than I was on what I was going to do with it. I mean, I knew I would use it as a marketing tool in some way, but I didn't, I didn't really have a good plan. And what happened is as I, you know, talked about it on LinkedIn, as I, was interviewed as I went to professional events and perhaps someone would purchase the book and then hand it out at the event, you know, um, and I would sign copies, that sort of thing. And as people started reading it, I started getting uh, notes and calls from people that were not the audience that I had particularly thought about. And so, you know, I had a, a, a CEO of a of a small company, call me and say, "I want you to know that your book made its way to me." I read it, and I just purchased three copies to put in my kids' Christmas stockings at Christmas because um it's it's really relevant, it's a quick read, and um, I think that there are a lot of really good points, and they're not listening to me, so maybe they'll listen to you
0: <laughs> That's a great story. Let's go back to the writing process. What tips do you have? to help a professional consultant like yourself sit down and actually write the book. Uh, a lot of my prospects come to me, they say I don't have time to write, and it's just an excuse. You actually found the time to do it. What did you do to make the book happen?
1: Well, I learned something, right? So of course, I left a job, I didn't have another one, and I, I had a few months off before I started picking up consulting assignments. So during that time, I challenged myself to take the first two hours of the day, which is when I believe I'm the most productive and write the book. So, uh, six months in was six, seven months when I, I started, um, working in consulting during that time period, at the end of the time period, the night before I went to begin this consulting assignment. I looked at what I had and I had about six pages and it was terrible. It was a bunch of disjointed stories. It was a bunch of stories that I started to tell and then I hadn't finished. I, I couldn't believe that anyone could put that many hours into something and have so little. Hmm. And um, uh, I have always known that I was a slow writer. I just never realized quite how slow I was. So one thing I do know is this. I, um, I can talk. I can't write well, uh, but I, or I can't write quickly. I can write well, but not quickly. But I, I can certainly speak the ideas. And so what I started doing was relying on my verbal self. Uh, I was explaining this to someone who said to me, oh, I know somebody who can help you with this. I know somebody who has a business um, who will help you transcribe the book you know you can t- you can speak the book and they will they will help you transcribe it and so that's what i did the first thing they did was challenge me to do a much more detailed outline than i had so i did i had somewhere along the line created an outline and you know i didn't have the chapters totally together but i sort of had uh, pretty close to what it might look like, what the messages might be and and that kind of thing. I had a lot of scribble. So they challenged me to sit down and to organize it into something much more book-like something that might eventually be the subtitles of the book, you know, the chapters and Mm -hmm. the subtitles. So um, I did that. And that took me a long time again because I'm slow. And of course now I'm working full time. And then once that was done, Uh, we would set up these meetings where I would speak the book. And because I had such tremendous detail in the outline, it would help me remember what I wanted to say. And I I have all these stories in the book and in when I speak. And it helped me to say, okay, tell this story here and tell that story there. So um, I was doing work in New Jersey. I was spending a lot of time sitting on the New Jersey turnpike, Hmm. six o'clock at night, not moving. So I literally would uh, put some keywords on a piece of paper, tape it to the dashboard of my Prius. And when we were not moving, when I knew I was going to be in a bad traffic situation, because after a while you get to know them, I would speak the book. I would tell the stories. Sometimes if I were home, I would uh, close the door um, to a room in our house and I would stand up and I would pretend that I was presenting and I would get it out that way. Because once it was on paper, right, anyone who's been an executive knows how to edit. We might not know how to get the words on paper, but we've been editing PowerPoints since the day we first stood up in front of a group of people to sell an idea. So once I got the words on paper, I found that I could do the editing process beautifully. I mean, it still took a long time, right? I still pondered. I still have a vocabulary that's a whole lot smaller than I would like it to be. I don't know how many times I looked up synonyms because I saw that I was using the same word over and over. But that ability to verbalize got me over the hump.
0: Fantastic. I don't think I've ever met anyone else who dictated their book on the New Jersey Turnpike. I've been stuck in that New Jersey Turnpike traffic myself, but I've never been that creative to dictate a book. I've listened to books on tape on the New Jersey Turnpike, though. You're the first person I've met who's actually written a book on the New Jersey Turnpike. I think that's fantastic.
1: Dan, it's funny. I get comments from people, a lot of them, who say, gee, this book sounds just like you're talking to me. And I start laughing because I say, I am.
0: (laughs) Not surprising. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for your insights on writing and editing. Uh, I love your comments about that. Executives know how to edit. They may not know how to write. Um, That's very clever. Do you have any final ideas or tips on uh, writing or producing a book for other consultants like yourself?
1: Well, I'll tell you, the piece that I did not think through is the marketing piece of it. Mm-hmm. I was so focused on the what to me was the end result, which is I had a book in my hands that I could read and I could say, this is it. My ideas are all together. This is kind of the sum of my body of work. Um, I was focused on that. And I don't think that was necessarily the right goal. Mm-hmm. I think that the right goal what would have been to have my book in the hands of readers who enjoy it and get something out of it and i think and i missed that and i not think i know that i missed that and really had to scramble and still you know think about ways to market it better because i did not do that i mean i let people on linkedin know um you know try to get some things out that said uh, you know, please. The book is new. You know, lowered the price for the first couple of days. Did that kind of of thing, but didn't think of a sustainable plan. So the other thing I would advise people is to think about about that end consumer, right? In business, if you're not focused on making a product. You're focused on your end consumer. You know, buying the product, enjoying it, and coming back to get more. And I I didn't do that. That was my mistake. I think if maybe if I had a marketing degree instead of an engineering degree, I would have thought that piece through.
0: Well, it's never too late to market the book. You know, people don't know if the book came out this year or last year or the year before. They just know that the book has information that helps them. So what I I do, um, what I've heard a lot of people on my podcast do is they will look at the five top prospects they want to work with and find out a problem that, that they have. The only reason someone wants to read a book is to solve a problem. And they'll say, oh, this company has a problem that I address in chapter four. I'll send a copy of the book to them. I'll highlight chapter four and say, I think this can help you. Can we talk? And then you have a conversation and see what happens from there. That could be the best marketing you ever do. Cool. That's a hey. great idea. My pleasure. Thank you, Joanna. Uh, tell, let's. Can you tell people uh, how they can get in touch with you and a little bit more about the kind of work you do and the kind of speaking uh, in case someone would like to uh, work with you?
1: So... Um... Because I spent so much time and continue to spend so much time with uh, businesses that are being disrupted in some way, shape, or form, I really focus about uh, disruption and teaching people how to deal with it and how to make positive changes at, at, in their workplaces. So uh, sometimes that involves rolling up my sleeves and jumping in and helping companies um, you know, figure out ways to sell more or to reduce uh, cost effectively being sort of an, another set of eyes since I have worked in so many different industries that often, um, you know, is what I'm asked to do. But, uh, lately there's been a lot about digitization, right? Mm-hmm. People hear the words, artificial intelligence, robotics, and they don't really understand what it means and how they might be able to implement it, uh, you know, in their workplace. So, um, the good thing about being an engineer, uh, obviously they didn't have artificial intelligence when I was, um, uh, you know, studying engineering, but you get this curiosity about how it all fits together. And I've been taking those kinds of digital disruptors, explaining them and trying to take it to a point where a person sitting in a business, a manager, a, a, um, Um, you know, a supervisor, a, a, even an executive. I, I was in one meeting recently where I realized as I was talking about some of this that the person who understood the least was the very senior most person in the room to try to, in a, um, very non threatening way, have people understand what's happening out there, understanding what they have to do differently, right? There are lots of changes, um, you know, with, that artificial intelligence or blockchain, which is a big one, or Internet of Things, they will force companies eventually to do their contracts differently, you know, organize things differently, have different, um, uh, different ways in which they handle repetitive tasks. The price of all of that is coming down. Uh, the number of opportunities to use, the use cases are going up. And so there's this big disruption that I have
0: been um,
1: pretty much focused on.
0: Great. And what is your website?
1: My website is uh, www.martinezjoe.com. I thought we could uh, make that easy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. And so anyone who wants to reach me can reach me on LinkedIn. And um, I am right now beginning to gather people um, who might want to be on my mailing list. I'm working on some um, online learning and some ways to take some of these outside disruptors and translate them so that they'll be easy for people to understand. So if anybody wants, uh, listening to this, uh, is interested um, to get a a free chapter of the book uh, and to uh, understand or to get some updates about our online learning uh, program that's coming in the spring, you can text the word disrupt to 33777 and uh, you'll get on the list. You'll hear from me.
0: Great. Thank you. Thank you, Joanna. Thanks for listening to Top Business Leaders, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.